This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by Syngenta. More than 26,000 people in over 90 countries who are helping the world's farmers grow more from less. Syngenta believes that farmers can produce enough to meet the world's needs and safeguard our planet if we link technology, land, and people, the foundation of a sustainable production system focusing on strong rural economies and resource efficiency. See all they're doing at Syngenta.com. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Congressman Tom Latham, first of all, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, it's great to be with you, Ken. Uh, As always, you do a terrific job informing folks, so I appreciate that. Congressman, in the new uh, term, what committees do you uh, hope to serve on? Can you stay on the Appropriations Mm -hmm. Committee, and would you choose to do so? Oh, yes. I'm going to continue on Appropriations. Uh, I will chair, uh, unless there's some major change, but I expect to continue to chair the Transportation Housing Urban Development uh, Subcommittee, which is uh, critical for infrastructure. I also serve on Ag, uh, FDA, Appropriations Subcommittee, and Homeland Security Subcommittee. So uh, I I will continue in my, my current uh, uh, role as far as chairman and then uh, serving on those two other subcommittees. You are going into a very interesting period here. I want to date when we're talking. It is Friday morning, the 16th of November. Later on today, uh, the first attempt to see what's going to take place in the lame duck session is uh, going to be uh, made. Do you feel that in the coming session, between now and the end of the year, that the Congress will resolve many of the fiscal problems that are pending? I I believe that there will be uh, an avoidance of the fiscal cliff. Now, is there an opportunity, yes, for a major deal uh, to be made as far as reducing spending, uh, reforming taxes? Yes, but the time is very limited. Whether that is basically shoved down the road six months or a year on the tax policy, on the uh, mandatory entitlement funding part of the budget, uh, we'll have to see. But I think there is an opportunity. I think the, you know, after a president is reelected they start their second term they celebrate for about 15 minutes and then they start thinking about their legacy and uh, i would hope that president obama will be serious this time about actually sitting down and and making a huge deal but whether it's uh, a shorter term to get past the fiscal cliff and it's going to come at the first of the year uh, or a huge deal uh, it's that's going to be very difficult with the time frame that we're uh, that we're looking at. Basically, you know, we're in session today on Friday. Uh, we're out then for Thanksgiving. We'll be back after uh, Thanksgiving week and probably go through Christmas at this point, would be my guess, uh, to address this problem. But, uh, you know, the meeting at the White House today, I would hope it's of substance, not just window dressing, that uh, there's a serious discussion that will take place. Uh, I've visited with the speaker. He certainly is more than willing to to step up and uh, basically put everything on the table, and that's what we've got to have are people who will negotiate uh, in good faith and actually believe to to try to get to a solution to this problem. Congressman Latham, on the Republican side, can you give me an indication of what Mr. Boehner and Mr. Cantor will want to put on the docket for the lame-duck session 
as it relates to agriculture? Well, uh, certainly the the farm bill is the this is the number one issue. I've been talking to both uh, Frank Lucas from Oklahoma, the chairman of the Ag Committee, and Colin Peterson, the ranking member from Minnesota, uh, on a daily basis to uh, try and, and get the farm bill done. Whether it uh, uh, would be included in a larger, broader uh, agreement, uh, there are savings that uh, you could get credit for. Passage of uh, you know on the House side it's about thirty five billion dollars on the Senate side uh, about sixteen billion dollars of savings that you could use towards deficit reduction uh, and if that's part of the broad overall agreement uh, you know certainly uh, that that's a possibility I would much rather see it as a standalone bill go to the floor uh, debate the bill have amendments or if they don't like it you know offer an amendment to change it but uh, uh, let's get the conference with the Senate. Uh, you know, there is a commitment, certainly, to have the farm bill addressed before the end of the year. Uh, there, you know, as of January first, the uh, probably the first thing that kicks in is the dairy provisions. The milk price would go to about thirty-eight dollars a hundred, up from what is it, eighteen, nineteen dollars right now, yeah. uh, and that's. <laughs> Certainly, we'll we'll put an end to the dairy business immediately if that were to kick in. But there's another thing, Ken, that uh, people haven't really talked about is the fact that if you revert back to the 1949 law, uh, the baseline for a farm bill, you'd increase about $200 billion because that's what the Congressional Budget Office would look at as to what the law in effect at that time, what the spending would be, and so uh, if you're talking about deficit reduction, you need to avert that uh, that additional baseline because that money could be then incorporated in the new farm bill and you could have some really crazy things go on. But Congressman, in your own party, I am concerned about those people who have come back mm-hmm. with a continuation of their extreme conservative philosophy that they're not going to vote for anything that has any spending in it. Right. Do you think that that in itself could derail many of the compromise efforts that appear to be ahead of us? Uh, it's, it's possible. However, I believe that you would have, uh, whether you're talking about the Farm Bill, whether you talk about the big agreement with between the White House and the Congress, uh, would be a very broad bipartisan agreement. Uh, and I, I think you would have the votes to pass uh, either, really, uh, even if there are some folks that you know probably won't vote for anything, no matter what it is. But uh, uh, no, I, I think there's enough votes to to get to uh, a broad agreement. Certainly, would have the votes to pass. Let's talk about specifics here on the revenue side. It's not just gaining new revenue; it is allowing the current provisions to run out. Uh, one of those is. Um, on depreciation, another was on capital gains, another is on the estate tax. Do you think that you have the time to handle those before you get through this session? Well, the time is the big, big problem. Uh, you know, are you able to reform the whole tax code in you know between now and uh, January first? I'm not sure that's possible. But what you can, and the House has already acted as far as. Uh, a one-year extension of the current law with all the provisions you talked about to give us an opportunity to do broad, comprehensive tax reform, which would lower rates and do away with uh, uh, some of the loopholes are in the, in the tax code today. But 
before the end of the year, if nothing is done, we're going to see a major sell-off in the, in the stock market. You're going to see huge changes with people in their behavior uh, as far as how they try to protect their land on the farm. Uh, because, you know, with the valuations of, of land, of farms today, it's, it's unbelievable. And if you revert back to a, a million dollars in your estate and 55% rate, you're going to find some other way to incorporate or something to protect that. You know, if you're looking at increase in capital gains tax rates of dividends next year, you've got a, on top of that, you've got a 3.8% surcharge with the new health care bill on top of those things. You know, you're looking at gains that you have in the stock market today. What are you going to do? You're going to sell everything you have before the end of the year, take the 15% capital gain this year rather than the higher rate of tax next year or dividends going to whatever your marginal tax rate is. Uh, so you're just to protect your own situation, you're, there's going to be a major sell-off, I'm afraid. What about the wind energy tax credit? Does it have any chance of staying in effect for another year? Uh, yes, it does. And uh, whether it uh, would be, you know, there's about 70 of what they call extenders tax provisions. Wind is one of those uh, that need to be uh, extended before the end of the year. Uh, I think that would be incorporated into any broad agreement, uh, and certainly the election, I think, with the outcome, that uh, there's, there's support for extending that. I think for it to be viable long-term, there's going to have to be some recognition that uh, the tax credits aren't going to stay in place forever. Uh, the industry itself is looking at what they can uh, uh, propose that would have, you know, a broad overtime, some kind of a phase-out, but... Uh, yeah, there is support to uh, to extend the wind uh, production tax credit, and I think we've got to get it done. It's certainly a huge issue in Iowa. If you were to offer counsel to farmers, would you tell them that they need to be prepared to have less deductions and pay more taxes? I, I think any kind of broad, comprehensive tax reform, you're going to see lower rates. Uh, you know, probably what the proposal is is a 25% rate, a 10% rate. Uh, with fewer deductions, obviously. That's, uh, uh, I don't know if it's going to affect farmers all that much, uh, but certainly a lot of, uh, of businesses, uh, major corporations. You had General Electric a couple of years ago that made $14.7 billion and did not pay, you know, a dime of tax. You're going to see changes that will have some effect, but if you lower the, the marginal rate to begin with, Ken, I think you're going to see it uh, not have a negative impact, certainly, on, on farm producers. If you wash out on everything and sequestration comes along, can Republicans stand to see a half trillion cut out of the military? Well, no, and uh, I don't think anyone, any of us, uh, and I don't know which side of the aisle wants to really see that happen, but uh, uh, you're also, <laughs> people aren't talking much about it, which has been amazing to me, but the effect that's going to have on the, the non uh, security dis military discretionary accounts is going to be devastating. I don't, you know whether you're talking about Pell grants, whether you're talking about uh, research at the National National Institute of Health or the CDC, or a lot of the, the discretionary accounts are going to take major cuts, uh, and this cause a huge disruption as far as you know some of the basic research projects that are going on. Uh, on the you know, non-defense side, but it, it, it'll be devastating. There'll be about a million jobs lost almost immediately if sequestration goes into effect. Well, Congressman Latham, thank you for joining us for AgriPulse Open Mic. We wish you good health 
and good stamina well, over the next six weeks. It, it's going to be uh, an amazing time, extraordinarily critical time. I, I honestly believe that there's a realization uh, across the aisle, both both sides, that something has got to be done before the uh, fiscal cliff hits because it will be devastating to the economy. We'll be back uh, in a recession if, in fact, nothing's done. So we've got a lot of work to do, and it's just I, I would hope uh, people will sit down in good faith, negotiate, get the job done. This AgriPulse open mic was brought to you by Syngenta, which is helping the world's farmers grow more from less while safeguarding our planet. As a technology innovator, Syngenta is doing its part by developing integrated solutions with crop production, seeds, and seed care. See all they're doing at Syngenta.com. I'm Ken Root.